I like that young man stuff. Call me young man, and here I am, 41 year old, but I'm not young. I'm, uh, I'm, I remember when you were born. Yeah, I hear you. I remember when I was born, but we, we're glad to be here and good to see each one of you. This is the first time that I have ever preached here at Christian Hill. My twin brother, Les, there's another one that looks just like me. Someone asked me the other day, they said, uh, Lord have mercy. I'm going to swallow it. Somebody told me the other day, they said, uh, uh, you look just like your twin brother, Les. I said, wait a minute. It's the other way around. He looks just like me. But I appreciate the memory of Les coming here preaching. My goodness, it was 20-something years ago, maybe, and uh, he just had started preaching, wasn't even married yet, and uh, I remember sitting in the church here, and we were sitting on the backside back there, and I hadn't even surrendered to the ministry yet to preach, but it's been that many years since I've been here, and uh, but we appreciate the opportunity uh, to be here, and appreciate the pastor asking us to come. Last Sunday, we were in Blairsville. Uh, preaching at the Union Baptist Church and, uh, and of course we teach every Wednesday night at Mount Zion our home church where Stephen Jones is uh, the pastor and then uh, uh, you know I've been running uh, around going preaching right smart big here lately and I appreciate that and someone came to me the other day they said Lance are you pastoring again I said no not at this time I've had four different churches approach me about pastoring I just keep turning them down. And they said, why? And I said, well, I just don't feel burdened to pastor right now. And I'm kind of enjoying being called an evangelist, you know, just preaching here and there. But we appreciate, appreciate the work of the Lord. Psalms 127. Psalms 127. I do covet your prayers. I want you to pray for us. That God will have his way. Really, kind of struggled about where to preach on and what to preach. And for the past few days, this psalm has been on my mind. Now, I must warn you here this morning the psalms are my favorite books and writings of the scripture. I love the psalms, uh, I uh, cherish the psalms. I feel like I've done my best growing spiritually. Uh, by reading the Psalms through my entire life. I remember when I was my son's age, 13 years old, and I would read my Bible, and uh, I always went to the Psalms, and I appreciate uh, the Psalms today. But Psalms 127, it's just five verses. We'll read the entire Psalm, and then we'll get into the message. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. 
Dear God in heaven, we bow in your presence again this side of eternity. Thank you for the precious, precious word of God. I pray, God, you'd help your servant to preach one more time. Let us preach with holy anointing. I pray, God, you get all the glory and you get all the credit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to preach this morning uh, on the subject of builder's song. A builder's song. Uh, now, this morning, give you a little background about myself. My daddy, Jack Fuller, is a builder. He's built houses his entire life. Uh, he's been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and some days he has good energy, and some days he doesn't. And, and uh, it's a sad disease to watch people have Parkinson's. And all that dad has ever done is build. That's all he knows. I asked him the other day to get on my zero-turn mower and see if he'd learn that. He said, no, son, I'm not getting on that thing. He said, I'm too old to learn a new way to cut grass. He said, I'll just push it the rest of my day. So I told him, I said, well, Dad, looks like we're just going to have to come cut your grass. All right. Uh, but Dad is a builder. Uh, we, in turn, have been builders. We've built houses all over uh, the North Georgia area. I went to college back in uh, uh, 1998 and 99 and graduated with a uh, degree with uh, 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 architectural design and I design homes. I'm a builder by trade. That's what I do. And uh, they say if you're born into the Fuller family without sawdust behind your ears, you're not part of the clan, all right? Uh, but we are builders. Uh, but this morning, I want you to understand here that this psalmist here evidently must have been David. He is writing to his son. Uh, does not give the name of the son, but we gather that it's most likely Solomon that he's writing to. But you'll notice here that David is writing here about a builder, how to build. And he's writing about building, first of all, building, building a house. Notice in verse number one, we find here the builder's song represents, except the Lord build the house. And I'm of the opinion today that we can strive all day long and have the greatest ambitions, the greatest knowledge, the greatest uh, vast amount of wealth to build great structures and great houses. But if God is not in the midst of that home, in the midst of that building, then it is for naught. There, is, there has been castles and buildings built all over the world with man's intent uh, to bring honor and glory to themselves. But God has torn them down and they stand no more just as relics of what man wants to do. And I want to say this today in the outstart of the message that the Lord, He's the one that builds the house. And say, give us an example here today of a house that God was not far. In Genesis chapter 11, flip all the way back to the book of beginnings in Genesis 11. We find the tower being built. By the, uh, the tower's name is Babel. And, uh, and so we find here that uh, men had risen up and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found the plain and the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. They said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, burn them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and slime for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city. 
a tower whose uh, he said uh, whose top may reach to unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And I tell you, we've seen since the beginning of Genesis, men and women have tried to build their name and build their buildings up for people to remember. I want to say, unless God, listen to me, church, unless God puts his stamp of approval on it, it is for naught, and God will tear that down and in this message today this builder's song i want us to look first of all that as god builds the building not only does god build a building but god builds the nation today aren't you sad, sad today to look at the shape of our nation just go ahead and nod your heads and be honest about how you feel about our shape of the nation our nation is going in a total different direction than what it went uh, uh, started out in is it not today our nation is going in a way that dishonors God and that dishonors the Lord you may get mad at me for what I'm about to say this morning but when we pass laws uh, that allow uh, for homosexuality to be permitted and celebrated and uh, loved throughout our nation there's something wrong God is not in the midst of that building it is God that builds uh, the building and builds the nation that we live in when we allow men and women to write their own laws and their own way of living and leave God out of it. There's something wrong with that, amen. There is something wrong with the fact that a police officer has to fear for his life because he's working to provide peace and unity for the nation. Men and women, may I say to you today that we're in a nation, we're in a place in our life, uh, in this world, uh, where the government and where uh, the pursuit of happiness and peace and joy has been thrown out the window because our leaders want to live and build a nation that they can be proud of and not what God's proud of today. Amen today. Uh, this builder's song there, David, must have uh, pulled his son aside. He said, son, if you're going to build a house, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. Uh, he noticed there, he mentions the city there. Secondly, I want you to notice this, that God is the one that builds cities. Did you know that today? Right now, the little town of Claremont is here because God designed it. Uh, the town of, of Myrtle is here because God designed it. The town of Gainesville, the city of Gainesville, is here because it was in the blessings of God. And I want to say everything that goes on around these cities may not always be right. But I'll tell you this, the security of every city is found on the protection of God. Aren't you glad today we've got a good military? Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad we've got men and women marching and being good soldiers? That's ordained by God. Did you know that right now? The other day we were uh, 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 talking to one of my neighbors and he has honeybees for a hobby. He said this, uh, uh, he said, oh, you don't want any honeybees, man. He said, uh, uh, they won't live. They, they'll die on you. We went up to his hives, looked at it, and sure enough, there was no bees coming out of it. And he pushed on that hive for just a second. And all of a sudden, the bees come swarming out. He said, I thought the hive was dead. And I ran, and he ran, and I said, son, you've been fooled and mistaken. Those bees are alive and well. 
I want to say that army, when they were messed with, they came out to fight what was uh, uh, what was their home, and their uh, they knew that something was not right. And the military today protects the land that she lives in, protects it, and makes a peaceful place for us to live. Oh, I thank God for every military leader that will honor God, every soldier that honors God. Amen today. Every one of those that are fighting for the peace and security of the cities of Claremont, of the city of Gainesville, of Dahlonega, of Cleveland, and all the surrounding cities. And I want to say today, freedom is not free. It is bought with a price. Listen, the blood that has been shed for this nation should never be forgotten today. We need to remember, thank God, where our freedom comes from. Amen. It comes from heaven and God Almighty. And God gives us people that will fight for what is right. I'll fight for the safety of our children. I tell you, I've had it up to my nose of these people saying defund the police. Now listen, you may cut me off and hear me today. Those police officers are here to do one thing. To keep the peace, amen. To keep peace and safety for our children and our grandchildren today. Amen this morning. We here today are living in a place where these builders are tearing down instead of building up. You'll know, say, notice, secondly, the Lord builds our city. And our military has its place. And it is ultimately God who protects our nation today. I'm not depending on a nuclear bomb to protect me today. I'm, I'm relying on... On the protection of God. Do you know why our nation has not been blown off the map? There's a God in heaven that has put his hand of protection yes. on America. You say, why is that America stands for the great nation of Israel? Uh, they have backed her up. That we don't always agree with everything she does. Uh, but still going back to Genesis chapter number 12. When God put a promise on Abraham and his descendants. And all those that will bless her. Uh, they'll bless that lineage and that line. God said he would bless. And because of the blessings of Israel from America. God has poured out his his blessings on this place. Amen. Amen. You'll notice this as well that militarily when we build a nation it is God who builds that nation. Notice thirdly I want you to notice this as well uh, that the Lord gives rest to the builders that work. Some of you here today you say I'm not sleeping well. Well if you work a little bit you'll sleep pretty good. Alright. It's good Appalachian logic isn't it? I'm here to tell you, someone said, uh, uh, they said, how can you sleep so good at night? I said, well, I work hard, and I chase kids around, and they make you want to sleep well. But did you know this tonight, or today, that uh, the Lord gives rest to those that work? Our nation is in unrest. You know why the majority of our nation is in unrest? Those, those boys and girls out there that's rioting and looting, and they, they don't have a job. They want everything handed to them. They want everything just given to them. And they, uh, they think it is owed them. I tell you, they will never understand what it is to work for something and to say, I work for this. This is what God's given me. Unless they stop the rioting and looting today, I tell you, having a job is a blessing from God. You young people hear me today. Don't you think for one minute, listen to me, boys. Uh, listen to me, girls. There is nothing wrong uh, with getting on. Out and uh, have a little sweat on your brow working for what you got. Charles Spurgeon said this: It matters not uh, what job you 
you, whether it be sweat of the brow or sweat of the mind, as long as we are working, thank God. I tell you, I've had it up to my, uh, my eyes as well as seeing children I grow up and think everybody owes them something. I never know what it is to work. I tell you what they need to get on the back of a tractor. I work for eight hours straight, bush hogging the field. I say, well, uh, uh, that's hard work. Yes, it is at times. But I tell you, it'll make you rescue and thank the Lord. Hear me today. Uh, the builder tells us this, that the psalmist uh, sees that there's a peace only from God when we build the house. Uh, there's a military uh, that only God has uh, that protects His people. But then as we build the house, there will always be seasons of rest in our life. Thank God. Oh, rest is a wonderful gift. Notice what the psalm says. He said, it is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late. I know what some of you are thinking. Say, well, that gives me the opportunity to sleep late. No, that's not what it's saying. My boy's 13 year old and he's got where he wants to lay in bed for 9, 30, 10 o'clock and I'll go down there and Get down in his face and say, son, it's time to go. My daddy used to do the same thing to me when he was growing up. And he used to come pull the covers off us. He said, it's time for work. That's not what this means, that we're, to, that we're to sleep late. It means that our bodies are to have plenty of rest. You know, the, one of the greatest blessings of the Lord here, watch this now, it's simple mathematics. Watch this. Is eating right and sleeping enough. The reason our world is full of all the diseases that we have today, people are running out anxious and they, they're, they're, they're wringing their hands wet and trying to figure out what's, on the, uh, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. When we get our eyes fixed on Jesus, uh, fixed on the Savior, thank God uh, uh, that anxiety goes away. Though the waves may be billowing and though the world's in an uproar, we know that God is going to take care of His people and they can lay down a sweet rest of the night. Uh, they can go to bed with a full better. I've been young and uh, I've been old and uh, uh, I've been young and now I'm old and not once have I seen the righteous forsaken nor received begging bread. How many of you here today? I can claim that promise today. You've been through some hardships, some hard times, but God has never left you. He's paid you bills. He's given you a warm home to live in. He's given you a fine car to come to the church house with. Thank God you've got plenty of money. You know why you've got all that? Because there's a God in heaven. And He just poured out just because. Blessings on you. Because He loves you. Thank God evermore. that He takes care of His people. Amen. Amen. How many of you have laid on the sick bed and you've slept like a baby? Because you know God's taking care of you. Rest comes from God. I'll never forget this. Can I preach for a minute? When I was a young boy and just had got saved. I was 12 year old. Wahoo Baptist Church, Brother Guy Lee was the pastor. Guy wasn't there uh, to save me. He didn't save me, but he was there as my pastor. That night I crawled into an altar there at Wahoo Wednesday night. And was on this side of the choir hall singing in the, in the youth choir. And God burdened my heart, letting me know I was lost. And I got down the altar. I said, God, I'm lost. I need to be saved. I want to be saved. Little old guy Lee was from one side, Brother Marvin, we were on the other. They couldn't do a thing for me. But that night when I prayed through, thank God, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But Brother Jim, well, here's what happened. God took that conviction that was in my soul and put peace in its place, thank God. I went home that night a different 
I laid down in my bed for the first time in my life, always worrying about dying, always worrying about death. But I laid my head on the pillow that night. I said, all right, Mr. Devil, if I die tonight, it's okay. I'm on my way to heaven, thank God. And thank God I slept like I'd never slept before. Woke up the next morning and immediately went to my mind. I remember what happened the night before. And I said, God, are you still there? All of a sudden, that peace come through my heart again. And thank God, He gives rest of the child of God. He gives peace out of those that are in turmoil. Those that have been to the hardships of life. It's God and only God that gives peace. Amen. Peace today and rest only comes from the Lord. And I tell you, our nation right now is in unrest. You know what most of those boys and girls need that's running the streets and looting? They need a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost preacher to sit them down and preach to them about Jesus and let God's Holy Ghost get a hold of their heart and draw them to order just like He did you, just like He did me, thank God, and let them get born again. Amen. Amen. Oh, you'll notice this as well. The Lord gives rest. Gives rest as we deal. And He gives it to those that live in faith. Oh, my soul. There's been a few nights I've laid my head on the since I've got saved. You know, troubles all around. Things I did not ask for. Places I did not want to be. Thank you. Thank you. And I lay my Bible on my chest of the night when I'd sleep during those times, rocky times, man. And I'd lay my Bible on my chest, Brother Norman, and I'd say, God, I don't understand what's going on. I don't like where I'm at. And a little bit, I can't explain it, but in just a little bit, that little peace come in my heart. And listen, I'd sleep like a baby, and the troubles were still there when I woke up. But thank God He gives rest. He gives rest in the night. He gives rest in the day. When all the world's all around you in an uproar, God gives rest to His people. I want you to notice this. He said it's vain that you rise up early to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. And so He giveth His beloved sleep. Oh, my soul, have an 11-month-old fixing to be a 12-month-old baby in my house. Sleep is a precious commodity these days. They asked me the other day, they said, Preacher, do you want another baby? I said, well, uh, not right now anyway, because we'd like to get some sleep. And I want to say today, sleep is a precious, wonderful gift from God. Some of you right now, you ain't slept in two or three days, and you say, what's the problem? How's your heart? Are you eating right? Are you exercising right? I started exercising again. My wife, uh, the young bride that she is, 33 years old, and here I am, 41 years old, and here I am, an old man, and her young man, I'm doing all I can to keep up. Oh, that young lady and that little baby. So I started working out again. Started doing little push-ups, and I feel better now than I've ever felt in my life. They said, what's the difference? I said, all I can say is I'm sleeping enough, I'm eating right, and I'm chasing the baby around. All those problems I thought was a big deal. I thought they was going to drag me down and never let me rise to the occasion again. They weren't as big as I, as I thought they were. I'm going to say, isn't it amazing how that when we're in the building process of life, we all look around and say, how are we going to get around that man? How are we going to build this rafter here? What about that roof system? How are we going to get around that there? Now all of a sudden it just 
seem like God will let things clear up and immediately you'll understand what took place in the building process of life. And you say, why did I worry so much about things that did not amount to anything? I can hear some good advice to you today. You can sit in a rocking chair all day long and you can rock back and forth with anxiety and you never get anywhere. The best advice for you today is this. Quit worrying. Quit worrying about what's going to happen, what you think ought to happen. Get your eyes back on Jesus, the great architect of life. Let Him lead you. And you won't have to worry as much as you've worried in life. Amen. You'll notice this. I'm having a good time preaching this morning. <laughs> You'll notice this. I won't hurry. He gives us not only peace and rest and sleep, but he gives us children. How many of you here today have children? Raise your hand. Somebody said this, I, won't, I don't want kids anymore. It's too hard. Well, you've missed the mark. Other than being saved, the greatest gift that you have is your family. Did you know that? My wife hung a picture in our home when I was so discouraged. She said, it says this, the picture says this, it's about two feet by four feet in big bold letters, the greatest work you will ever do is in your home. The pulpit is one thing. Being the pastor, being an evangelist, a missionary is one thing. But my greatest, I learned the hard way, the greatest work in life is your home. It is your children. It is your grandchildren today. I tell you, God does not just throw children out and say, I want you to have these. I, I look at them every now and again. Raise them just willy-nilly and just let them run free and do it. No, sir. God has blessings in store for you when He gives us children. I can't understand for the life of me why people want to abort babies today. They don't know what they're missing. Can I get an amen on that? I've I, I noticed older couples today said, I don't want kids. I don't want to change diapers. I don't want to raise. Listen, they're not in diapers forever. Uh, they won't keep you awake all night forever. There's going to be seasons of rest, but when it comes, thank God for the children. It's not thank my, my God every day uh, for my son Eli, uh, for my daughter, uh, Sarah, and that little Emmett right there. Boy, I love them to pieces. Uh, there's uh, so many days I look at them and, I, and they get under my skin. They, uh, they, uh, they poke and prod me the wrong way sometimes. Uh, and most of the time I'm waking them up from a fight here. Amen today. A fight here and a fight there. But I, I look and see really what God has given me. I am a blessed man. They're raised in my home. They get to be raised under Bible preaching. And thank God just a few days ago, a few months ago, a little girl just got saved. We're going to baptize her next Sunday. And thank God today. I'm a little boy. I've done baptized him. And I'm looking for God to move. I'm a little baby one of these days. I'm to save him from the devil's the greatest gift you'll ever have is seeing your kids get saved other than you being saved. Children are a heritage of the Lord. Now the fruit of, the, of the, the womb is His reward. Notice this about children. He gives children so that we can have help as we build the house. Did you ever notice that? A lot of us right now, we don't have a lot. Some of you have got more than others, and you might have millions, you might not. But 
A lot of people are running from pillar to post trying to make thousands of dollars to leave it behind and nobody. All they care about is the here and now and what they've got right now. And my little plot of land over there off Post White Hill, it's not much by some people's standards. But I want to leave it to my kids for them to have something one day. I don't want them to have to work half as hard as I have, though there's nothing wrong with working. But I want them to know what it is to, to value working. Listen, my, uh, we bought uh, my little boy a little motorcycle. Randy, you've probably seen him riding up and down the side of the road. He better not be on the highway with it. <laughs> uh, you've seen him riding. And he said, Dad, I want a motorcycle. I said, all right, son, you can have one. We went and bought it. I said, now here's the stipulations. You're going to pay us back for it. I see some of you shaking. You made your son pay for a motorcycle? Yes, I did. I made, we, me and my wife sat down with him. We said, look, you're going to learn what it is to be in debt at an early age. It ain't no fun. <laughs> and he paid back every dollar of it. I said, here's the stipulation. You pay it off. You're going to make the payments to us till you get it paid off. And then after you get it paid off, you put the gas in it, you change the oil in it, if it breaks, you fix it. You know, that fella's turned into a, a regular mechanic on a motorcycle. If you've got a motorcycle that needs to be fixed, you pull up to my house, I promise you a little boy can fix it. <laughs> and here's what I'm saying to you is this. We have, I have taught my children how to come along and work for what they have. And we may not have much, but they're going to work for it. They'll understand what it is to have uh, something and to take care of it. But I want to say this. Children are blessed because we train them and teach them how to work. Uh, this crowd that's running around in our nation right now wants everything entitled to them. Like I said, they'll never understand what it is to work for something. They'll never understand unless something changes their heart. And I tell you, that's up to mama. That's up to daddy to teach a, a, a little boy or a little girl how to work. My daughter, she told me this one day. I said, honey, what you want for your birthday? She said, I want some baking equipment to learn how to bake. She makes the best cookies you ever have. Honey, we'll start your business right now. <laughs> I bet all these old people buy all your cookies. <laughs> I'm saying to you this today. We are training our children of either how to work or not to work. And the reason our nation is in the place that it's in right now, we've got a generation of people that's never been trained, never been worked. If we can train a horse how to stand still and then not kick and move by just a word of mouth, just 2,000 pound animal, and you walk up there and tell it to stand still, it'll stand still if it's trained right. But if you take a child that's never had any working with it, never had any training today, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a crazy kid that won't bind you, won't respect authority, won't respect the love of God, won't respect the Bible. That's where we're at in our nation. Amen. Come on, brother. That's right. I'm hurrying. I'm coming to a close. Sorry, I am. If you'll notice, 3 o'clock. I don't think I can hold out. I'm 41. <laughs> The Lord gives us children. But notice this. He says, happy is the man that hath this quiver full. Yeah. I don't have a quiver. I don't think, I believe it's about too late in life to have a quiver. But I'll tell you this today. My kids right now have been given to me on loan by God. 
And it is my responsibility to bring them to church. It is my responsibility to clothe them and feed them. It is my responsibility to show them how to pray, how to read their Bibles. Amen today. It is my responsibility to show them how to respect everybody, no matter what color, race, or creed they are. We don't have to agree with them all, but it is my job to train them how to act right, do right, and be right. It is my job to educate them on the fact that life is short and is but a vapor. Live it to its fullest. It is my job to raise my kids. It's nobody else's job. And I don't take that job lightly, thank the Lord. It is your job. Listen to me, parents. I ought to train them. And here's what the writer says. He says, happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gate. A quiver full of arrows is what he's pointing at. And you know, you take someone that, that, that makes arrows or the old-fashioned way with wood, you know how they do that? It is working that arrow constantly, moving it, shaping it, looking at it, eyeballing it, and constantly it seems like I'm going around and around and around my kids, and I'm not getting anywhere. Sometimes it seems like then God reminds us of this verse that we're shaping our kids not in one day, not in two days, but in their entire childhood we're working them, getting the knots out here, uh, uh, getting the thorn out there, uh, training them to be a sharp tool in the hands of the Lord. I tell you, I don't want my kids to grow up and be slouches. Uh, I want them to be shot out of my home and my quiver one of these days. Uh, I have to do the Lord's work. Uh, and uh, Listen, I'd love for them to stay around my home and live and raise their kids around me. I really would uh, if it be God's will, but if it's not, uh, I want them to be shot out somewhere in the world where they'll carry on what daddy's trained them to do. Uh, I Carry on in the work of God, whether it be singing, preaching, teaching, whatever it is, and let them glorify and honor the Lord as long as they live. There's nothing no greater, no parent, than seeing their children do the work of God. Are you listening? My papa's Willard Fuller. Been preaching for a long time. He's eat up with cancer right now. He won't be here much longer. And for the life of me, I can't understand why in the world there's so many preachers in our family. As far as I'm concerned, I'm the only one that's really called to preach, all right? <laughs> I think there's seven of us. One day I went to Papa and Danny. I said, Papa, what do you think about all these preachers in your family? Tears started coming down here and there. He said, Son, I said, Do what? It was mine and Danny's privilege to pray for you boys. He said, All we did was have a house full of boys, didn't have any girls. He said, son, I've loved God's work my whole life. And he said, I pray, God, if it's your will, let my boys grow up and carry your word. Two, two of his sons have become preachers. And decent preachers, good preachers. His grandkids, the majority of his grandboys have turned out to be preachers, pastoring and doing God's work somewhere. I said, Papa, what do you think about all that? He said, just answer. He said, every morning I get up. You know, he does. He said, before he gets out of bed, 
I pray for every single one of my kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids. And I pray God's blessing. You know what He's done? He's built a house. He hadn't built a fine home. It's a nice little home, but it's not nothing compared to the world. He's been building his whole life. And you're building right now. You're building. You're building for the Lord, whether you know it or not. Every word you say is a nail in the life of that child as you're building that home. Every word you don't say that you should have said is something that they're going to miss in the building of life. Everything that we uh, uh, give and don't give our children will either bless us or come back and haunt us. We're building every single one of us right now. And we don't realize the job that we really have. I'm going to hurry because they're closed. I don't preach for about 34 minutes. Won't you listen to me? And I'm coming. I'm done. The Lord gives a happy spirit to his man and by his children. I'm happy to see my kids. Every night we bow and have prayer. My wife and I have prayer with our kids. Just a short little prayer. We don't deal with prayer. We just pray. Sometimes they pray. But we all pray. And you know what I think is what's wrong with our nation today? We've taken prayer out of our schools. The word of God out of schools. And put preachers and Bibles in jails and trying to conform them back to the. We wouldn't have as much problem with this, this generation if we put prayer back. If we put the Bible back in every arena of life. Amen today. Did you know this? In America, has stopped building. The family today is normal. There's three things I've done. Three things that God has ordained. One, He has ordained. He's ordained the government. Did you know that? Is it ordained by God? Did you know He has ordained the family? He's ordained the church. Three things that God has put His blessings on. Now the government's not to rule the people, but the people are to rule to go. That's right. Don't look at me like I've lost my mind. <laughs> Those guys in the White House, they work for us. These guys on the board of educate, uh, education, these guys that are commissioners, they work for us. But then they come around and tell us how we live and how we need to believe. I don't think so. Someone said, what are you going to do? And they say, you can't preach. You can't tell your kids about God anymore. I'm going to keep right on marching. I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep telling my babies about Jesus. And it do us all good to do so. Our nation has fallen apart because folks have quit building what God's doing. Here's what Ronald Reagan said. If we forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone further. You know what's wrong with our nation today, politically? We've taken our eyes off the Lord. We're building what we want to build 
We're building a name for ourselves. And here's how it's going to end. It'll be, God said, all right, go ahead and build yourself a battle. All you want to. But in the end, God has the concept. Are you here today? Are you here today? Are you building right now? Or are you tearing down? Are you building? See, there was a time in my life. It's okay if I come down here this I've been in some churches where they didn't want me to get behind the pulpit, but I'm coming down here with you. I've learned the hard way, but my greatest blessings are sitting right there. I adopted my little boy, Eli. He's adopted. Can't tell no different, but he's my boy. And I'll fight you tooth and claw for my son. He get under my skin the majority of the time, and I'm under his, but we fight for each other. That little girl that looks so beautiful. Now don't let that beauty fool you. <laughs> she mean firecracker at times. That little MJ. I love my kids. Who'd ever thought that I'd have had a curly headed little baby? But I've got it. I look and see the blessings that God given me. I look at my wife and how God, I couldn't ask for a better wife. She's followed me all over North Georgia, up to North Carolina, preaching just here and there, not complaining one bit. Say, honey, I've got appointments, go preach in North Carolina. She goes, gets online, finds a place to sleep. She's up there every single day. Can I ask you today, are you still building or have you quit? You say, well, I'm too old. No. You keep praying for your children, your grandkids, because those prayers matter. I'm looking here now. I'm looking over here. I can't look at you crying. I'll never forget the first time we ever had some football in the water. Old man got down beside me, walked in here, and here's what he said, I left him as long as I live, and I broke down. I was a young man. I said, God, don't make this old man get me a wash. I'm unworthy. He started wiping tears away. He said, I'd be honored, preacher, if you let me wash your feet. It's men and women like that that have built this country Amen. into what it is today. They pray for us. They love us. And I want to keep building and keep doing what God has called me to do. So we give an invitation. Why don't you help give an invitation? You you pastor. It's your name. If you're here today and you've quit building, Come back. Let's get back to God. Amen. Get back to God. Maybe you just need to just come and back and say, Lord, thank you. What you give me for those deals. We always ought to have a spirit of prayer about us. I don't know how many times I'll go through life and my son will get on my mind and say, God, he believes I will be back. Hey, son.
pure prayer around my kids. I will pray a wall of prayer around my family. And this is where it starts. It doesn't start in the military. It doesn't start in the Senate, Congress, the President. Our nation is built on what? The home. As the home goes, so goes the community. As the community goes, so goes the state. As the state goes, goes the nation. And our churches have lost out because the young generation is not being taught to what God Who would come to the altar today? Maybe you've got a need and you'd like to come back and say, God, I need to get back to you. Would you come to today? Come to the piano, get a song ready. Whatever you'd like to do, we stand all over the house. When the pastor comes out and helps you with invitation. Our nation's in trouble. We need to get back to building. Don't you agree, amen? Amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. Appreciate you.